Good morning and welcome to today's Focus for Wednesday, November the 30th, 2022 at 11.24 a.m. Central Time. Today's focus, seeing the glory of God. Seeing the glory of God. How can we see the glory of God? And this idea comes from Exodus chapter 33, where we have been now for, I think, over a week working through Exodus chapter 33. And I hope you have found these discussions to be somewhat beneficial and somewhat helpful. And yes, to those who are emailing me, who are critical of the Today's Focus podcast series, I definitely hear you. I understand your complaint, but I I feel you're missing the point. The Today's Focus podcast series is designed to give you that one thing, that one thing to focus on throughout the day. It's not designed to be a full-blown exposition. It's not designed to be a full-blown exegetical study. It's designed for me to turn on the microphone, hopefully as close as I can make it to 15 minutes, and say, here you go. Work on this today. You think about it. You look at it. You, you discuss it. Email me about it. And then, and then, and if we, if need be, then we can take this, whatever we're talking about in the Today's Focus podcast series and move it over to a different podcast episode and go more in depth on it. So I know that some people are like, you didn't really cover this or you didn't talk. I understand, but I, I'm trying to limit the time. So for those who, who are criticized, I apologize. And for those who get it, I thank you. And for those who appreciate what we're doing, I thank you. And for those who don't, I just I, I promise you this. For every failure, for every shortcoming that I have in doing podcasting, I'm working every day to make it a little bit better. All right. So are you ready? Let's go back to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33, because we come to a fascinating section of scripture that I'm going to be honest with that a lot of times when I look at, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with that other than just go, well, that was an interesting thing that happened to Moses. Okay. So, but I think that there may be a very important application for us today. Are you ready? Okay. So Exodus chapter 33, if you remember, God tells Moses and Israel, go up, go into the land that I promised you. I'm going to keep my promise. I'm going to keep my covenant. Go get the land. And I'm going to send an angel before you to drive everyone out. That all sounds like wonderful news. But then God tells them, hey, you go. I'll send the angel before you, but I'm not going with you. I cannot be in the midst of you because you are a stiff-necked people and I will end up destroying you. So go, but I'm not going with you. Then we, we on a, in a sense, move from that scene unto, uh, to a different scene. And the different scene is now God, he's not in the midst of the camp. He's outside the camp. In a sense, he's, he's kind of with them, but not in the midst of them. He's in the tabernacle outside the camp. All right. And we talked about tabernacle and how that deals with the incarnation of Jesus Christ. We, 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 didn't, we didn't go as in depth in that as I would have liked. But I thought it was an interesting discussion. Then Moses, well, he he begins to 
basically plead with God, hey, Lord, look, look, we want, I, I need you to go with us. If you don't go with us, we don't even want to go. We need you to be in the midst of us. And so what Moses appeals to is God's grace. Hey, if I have found grace in your sight, let me learn more about you so that I can find more grace. And based off grace, based off your sovereign grace, and remember, Moses finding grace in the sight of God had nothing to do with what Moses did, would do, could do, shouldn't do. Finding grace in the sight of God is because God sovereignly gives someone that grace. Because if it's based off what we do, it's no longer grace, it's meritorious work. So Moses is pleading, hey, see me, see Israel, not on the basis of our stiff neck, being stiff necked and rebellious and sinful. See us in the eyes, through the eyes of grace. And then God's like, okay, I will go with you because of grace, because of grace. It's a beautiful picture. God can't be in the midst of us because we're sinners, but based off grace, he can, in a sense, be in the midst of us if he sees us through grace. I think, I think it's a beautiful picture. Now, today, we come to Exodus chapter 33, verses 18 to 23. And this really, I don't know, maybe you don't feel like it's a bizarre story, but to me, it's absolutely crazy. Exodus chapter 33, verse 18. Moses, after he's like, okay, God's going to go with us. Okay, this is wonderful. This is great. Uh, we found grace. Awesome. Wonderful. But Moses doesn't stop there. Moses is like, I've got one more request. Exodus chapter 33, verse 18. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. That is an absolutely like, I, I, I just spend, I could spend all day just trying to figure out what was Moses thinking? God is speaking to him. God is in the tabernacle. God is sending an angel before them. God is going to give them all these things that God has done. All these things that God, that, that Moses had witnessed from the, in a sense, the hands of God. All these things that Moses had encountered. All these ways that God, in a sense, had revealed himself to Israel and to Moses. In spite of all of that, Moses is like, I want more. I want to see your glory. Now, do we perceive that to be a good, like, how do you see that? How do you see that? I think in one sense, I can see it like, no matter how much I learn about God, no, no matter how much I know about God, I want to see and understand more. I, I, I think that we should see it. I, I, I think, now remember the historical narrative, it doesn't really it doesn't explain it. It doesn't give commentary. It just says, this is what Moses said. And we, a lot of times when we read something in the Old Testament, we have a tendency to, to either impose like a judgment upon it, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. And the text in many cases doesn't even necessarily do that. And this is a good example of it. it is what, now, God doesn't seem to be to mind what Moses is asking, but I, I wonder, is it an example of us to constantly desire more? to know more, to understand more, to be closer to God? Is it, is it an example of that? I just think it's amazing. After everything that's happened, we're in Exodus chapter 33. Read the 32 previous chapters. And even after all of those things, parting of the Red Sea, the plagues, the Passover, all of these things that's happened, and Moses is still like, oh, wait, 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 wait. Show me your glory. I, I want more. Exodus 33 verse 19. 
And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy in whom I will show mercy. Remember, I think that's the hermeneutical key we talked about yesterday. I think uh, verse 19 is the hermeneutical key to understanding all of Exodus 33. God it will, ha- will be gracious, and his grace and his mercy is sovereign. He will show his grace and mercy in whomever he desires to show it. And for Israel and Moses, he shows his mercy and grace by saying, I will go with you, be in the midst of you, even though you're a stiff-necked people, right? Verse 20, God is talking to Moses and says, Thou canst not, that cannot see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. All right? Um, now, this is interesting because if you go back to Exodus 33, 11, the Lord spake to Moses face to face. So he spoke to him face to face, but somehow there was a difference in speaking to him face to face and what is going to be about seeing God in a sense face to face. He spoke to him face to face, but there had to be a difference in that than what Moses, Moses like, show me your glory. And it said, show me all of you. I want to see all of you. I want to see you in your fullness. I want to see the complete reality of deity. I want to see the complete reality of God. And he's like, you can't see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. There has to be a distinction here between verse 11 and this, which again is fascinating. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me, and thou shall stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand and thou shall see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. So in a sense, Moses is going to get to see a part of the glory of God, but not the fullness of God. He's only going to be able to witness some. And God is going to hide him in a cliff of a rock. He's going to, in a sense, protect him from the full glory of himself because Moses would immediately disintegrate and die. But he's going to hide him in the cliff of a rock. Now, obviously, first and foremost, this is a historical narrative. This is a one-time event that happened to Moses. It was literal. It was real. It's not, it's not something that's prescribing something that we can do. It's not telling us that we can ask for the same thing and God will hide us in a rock. So clearly, on one hand, it's just descriptive. But I started thinking about this. So number one, do we truly hunger and desire to see and understand all of God? Do we truly have that desire that Moses had? Or are we just content to partially understand? Right? I think, I think we have to really ask ourselves that question. How much do you really desire? Number two. What Mo- Moses only, in a sense, got to see the, the partial glory of God, but something happened in history that I think is kind of relevant to this. And we've talked about this when we considered the word tabernacle, right? All right. And how, uh, how in the incarnation, God, in a sense, came to tabernacle amongst us in Christ Jesus. 
But in a roundabout way, this kind of plays out in a different way in the New Testament. Let me let me just show you, all right? So Moses is hid in the cliff of a rock so he can see partially the glory of God. But God, in a sense, revealed himself in a much fuller way. John chapter 1, let me explain. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. So here's the Word. With God and was God. And then look look at what happens. Verse 14. And the word was made flesh. That's Jesus Christ. That's the incarnation. The word that was with God and was God. The eternal word with God was God takes on human flesh and dwelt among us, tabernacled among us, and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In Christ Jesus, we see the fullness of his glory. We, we behold the glory, the, uh, the glory, the glory of as of the begotten Father, full of grace and truth. We see, we behold the glory. Mo- Moses didn't get to see, he only got to sell part of the glory. But in Christ Jesus, in a sense, we see the glory of God. God is revealed to us in flesh. And in a sense, the glory of God is is placed in Christ so that we can see, we can look upon him. Now, we don't look upon him in a fleshly way. We look upon him through the word of God when we read about Jesus and learn about Jesus. So we want to read and learn everything so we can see the full glory. But for those who lived at that time, in a sense, the glory of God was placed inside our I mean, Christ is God, but that full glory was inside him in the incarnation. Right? His full deity is there inside that the, the body of Christ. Let, let, let's try to explain it this way. Go to the book of Colossians. Go to the book of Colossians. Go to the book of Colossians. And we see this in a couple of places. Look at this. Colossians chapter 1, speaking of Christ, starting in verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Christ is the image of the invisible God. The glory of God is there in Christ because he is deity. He is God. But that it's in the incarnation that it's there. For by him, speaking of Christ, were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. And then look at verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in Christ should all fullness dwell. All the fullness is right there in Christ. In fact, to see it even more, go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. For in Christ, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Moses was hidden inside a rock, right? So he could see partially the glory of God, right? In Christ, the fullness of God The fullness of the Godhead dwells in him bodily. True God, yet true man. Because he's true man, they could look upon him. But what they were looking upon, they may only see a man, but the reality is 
all of deity was right there. The creator, the eternal creator, the all-powerful God was there in human flesh. The invisible God, in a sense, the invisible word was now made visible in Christ Jesus. True God, true man, right? True God, true man. He, he lost none of his deity. Now, his glory may, in a sense, have been hidden, but he did not lay aside any aspects of his deity. The glory, in a sense, may have been, it may have felt like it was hidden because he's in a human body, right, that has human weaknesses. But all of the, of the Godhead, all of his deity is right there. So in one sense, Moses was put inside a rock, right, hid inside a rock so he could see partially the glory of God. In Christ, all of God dwells there in a human form. But then think about this. You're like, okay, so those, those, of the, those who lived at that time, in a sense, beheld the glory of God in Christ Jesus. I mean, it was, you could say it was hidden, but it was there. They could look upon it and not die. They could look upon it and not be consumed. But it was all right there. All of, I mean, Jesus is truly God. All of God was right there. They just, just it was in a, in a way that they could see it. So that reminds me of Exodus 33. But I want you to think about this. They, they could behold it right there physically. We don't have that opportunity anymore because, well, Christ is now at the right hand of the Father. So how can we, in a sense, behold the full glory of God? How can we see the full glory of God? Well, when one, by searching the scriptures and studying Christ, but let's remember this. This is very important. In salvation, we are put in Christ. We are in Christ. And because we are in Christ, the day will come that we will behold the full glory of God. And the reason we will not be consumed is because we are in Christ. In one way, all of the glory of God is hidden in Christ so that we can see him, right? So in some ways, it's like Christ in his incarnation, he's kind of like the rock where all, everything can be hidden and we won't be consumed, right? But then in another way, we Christ becomes our rock that we can hide in so that we one day can behold the full glory of God, right? The full glory of God, so that because we are in him, therefore we are covered in his righteousness and his perfection. So now we can see God. So really you have the idea of the incarnation, Christ revealing the full glory, like it's placed, like Moses was hidden in the rock so he could see it. Well, in this case, the glory is hidden in Christ so that people could see it and that we can see it by studying him. But then in salvation, I'm put inside of him. I am in Christ. Therefore, I can now see the full glory of God. Today's focus is seeing the glory of God. We read about it in Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33, verses 18 through 23. I think the, the cross-references to that is the Gospel of John chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, and Colossians chapter 2. Now, there's more I could say. Remember, the goal here is just to, just to hand this to you. It's not to try to figure out every little question 
I place it there so that you can spend the rest of the day meditating on those questions, struggling with many of the things I left unsaid. That is the goal here, and hopefully you will enjoy your day on meditating. This very, very important theological truth about Christ, but this beautiful picture of it, I think, in Exodus 33. All right? Contact me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Today's focus for Wednesday, November the 30th, seeing the glory of God.